Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're going to unearth some treasures and steal them from their homelands and put them in the hands of either the British or the Americans. You know, the huge. We watched Raiders of the Lost Ark from 1981. And we're going to talk about it. But before we talk about it, hey, Lemuel. Mm-hmm. How was your week? It was... Interesting and confusing, and I came through it okay. I like that answer. Same (laughs) for like the last several years. (laughs) Right. How was your weekend? Well, uh, not nearly long enough. I, we're recording this in the past, I played a lot of Super Mario Wonder, and it's awesome. It's so fun. Okay. It's so fun. I like feeling like I'm a little kid again, which is not a thing I feel a lot, including when I was a little kid. So it's nice. So that's good. And then we went to a very long movie, but we will probably talk about that later. And we watched this movie, and I watched this movie two and a half times because I just could not get into it. I couldn't She's get interesting. into it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm, no. My brain was like, no, when we tried to watch it. You watched the whole thing then. I watched Half of it the next day, and then the whole thing the next day. Like, it was... Or half of it the night before, mm-hmm. and then the whole thing. Yeah, it's the whole thing. So, let's talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. When was the first time you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? You could have seen this in theaters if your parents didn't well, outlaw theaters yes, for you. Uh, yeah, and I wound up getting it for Christmas. Um, the year like, it was released um, on VHS. Was that, like, 19... I don't remember when that was. Yeah. Um, but it was... A couple of years after the film was released. Yeah. It usually took... Well, by the time I was doing... Or I knew about VHS, it it took a year, but it may have taken longer. And it got much faster, eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it got much faster because they realized they spent so much money on advertising for a major motion picture Mm -hmm. that it made more sense to release it six months down the line rather Mm -hmm. than wait a year or two. Yeah. Or even a shorter period of time now. Oh, well, not now. It was released in 1983, November of 1983, so you would have gotten mm. it for Christmas. Was that when VHS tapes were like $80? Yes. Wow. And I think several people went now together to Now you get, to get like six for me. a buck. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, Christmas morning or afternoon. I wound up seeing the movie. Uh, it was really it was fun, and it became something I saw Pretty frequently, but I haven't seen it for a very long time. Hmm. I haven't. It's sort of like some of the other films that we've seen, where oh, I haven't seen that movie in twenty-five years. Right. I'm alarmed by the fact that I'm old enough to say things like that. I yeah. haven't seen it in twenty-five years. Yeah. But there it is. It was as much fun as I remember. Well, that's good. Uh, what about you? I am. A Temple of Doom person. That's uh-huh. the first one I saw. I was born in 1980, so I was one when this movie came out. I did not see it. Mm. I believe I saw Temple of Doom on the television when I was like eight or nine, ten maybe, for the first time. Um, I don't know that I've ever actually seen all of this movie until this weekend. Wow. Uh, and then you saw it repeatedly. Yes. Cultural Osmosis gave me the big ones. The mm-hmm. face melting, the big rock, Alfred Molina. Right. Snakes, right? Like, and I know the Indiana Jones lore. I've seen Temple of Doom, uh, the one with his dad, Last Crusade, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I didn't hate as much as literally everyone else. But also, I'm not just like Star Wars. I'm not 
emotionally invested in these mm. uh, movies from childhood. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd ever seen it before this watch, these watches. Um, and I didn't realize until there's a specific scene and a specific line reading in a scene where I was like, oh, this is camp. This isn't serious, yeah. which I don't think I ever realized because I haven't seen any of them in a long time. And I think they get more serious, not more serious, but like they take themselves more seriously. Like, especially when you put Sean Connery in it. Right. Temple of Doom is a cheese fest. I mean, I know. Like, there's the monkey brain. Like, what? But the level of camp, the level of, hey, there's a, there's a adventure music, and then our lead character just fucking falls down or whatever. Mm. Like, he's constantly failing at the mm. thing he's trying to do. Um, which makes sense. Generally, if mm -hmm. he's a professor, and apparently Harrison Ford was playing professor first, adventure her second, which mm -hmm. good, yes. So, um, so yeah, that's my history with this movie. It's basically this weekend, and uh, and you couldn't quite get into the spirit of things. Or? The first time we tried to watch it, I was it was Saturday afternoon. I knew I was about to sit through a very long movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wasn't... You know what, what it was, I think? I was not ready to sit down and watch a movie with so little talking. There are long stretches of this movie where there's no dialogue at all. Right. It's an action movie. Fine. But I... That was not where my head was at, so I could not focus on it. When I watched it all the way through, I, it was much better because I knew what I was getting into. But um, especially because in the commercials and in, the, like, in, in my memory of these movies... He's got banter. He's got wit. He's talking. Now, granted, you could put all of that in the commercial, and it, that would be all of it. It mm -hmm. feels like so. It's just just a lot of da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And it yeah. was, and just didn't hold my attention. Also, just so much Nazis in the desert. Like I can only take so many Nazis in in so many deserts before I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> And it's not that I didn't like it. When I finally watched through, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, no, this is fun. This is good. I'm still a Temple of Doom girl, I think. Mm -hmm. I'd have to rewatch them, though. And But I get why it's on the, the, thrills, the list. thrills list. And why it's so high. That I'm not 100% on. Mm -hmm. But we, we'll talk about it. And there's, like, ish issues <laughs> with the movie. Like, of course there are. Right. It's a movie that was, like, an adventure movie made in the 1980. Like, there are going to be issues. There are bigger issues in Temple of Doom, I think, but oh, there, are, yes. <laughs> there are issues here. So let's. You want to start talking about like how 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 it got made? How did this get made? Um, it got made when George Lucas was fresh from Empire, right? Uh, doing it. No, I think it was. Uh, let's see. Were we already at uh... Star Wars? I think it was fairly early on. Um, but Empire Strikes Back is why. Uh, Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford. So, well, he may have seen it before it came out, though. Spielberg probably saw early cuts of all of those um, items. Right. He was working with another writer, uh, director Philip Coffin, uh, George Lucas was, uh -huh. on trying to develop a story that he thought was going to be mostly inspired by the serials that they what? wound up seeing as kids. And you could still catch them on television. I was still watching them. 
Yeah, I've never seen one of those. Yeah, they are ridiculous. They are yeah. about 15 minutes long. I've seen, like, them portrayed in other media. Right. Like, what's that movie? Matinee? That movie about, with, I think it's John Goodman. It's the yeah. one about, you know, the, the guy, me. like the Tinkler's guy, right. but it's a it's a takeoff of that. Oh, I can't remember. Castle. Yeah, Castle. It's a takeoff of that. So I think they sort of harken back to, like, they talk about those serials and stuff. So culturally, I understand right. what they are, but I've never they seen any of were, them. I think the, the serials that still survive are things that are still cultural currency. Flash Gordon, Batman. Um, oh, Batman, that's right. Same. Right. And, and it was a lot it. of next time you'll see right. this and they'll but pick they up. But they tended to end it. They were about 15 minutes long. They ended on cliffhangers. Cliffhangers, right. Where the hero was in some impossible situation and you would see the episode next week. So kids are going back to and see And this is the same happened. movie, right? Like they'd play the same movie over and over, but the serial would change? Uh, the... No, no, the, the movies would change. Oh, okay, because I know that at that uh-huh. point, right, movies would be in theaters for yeah, they could be months because they weren't coming they out were, that they fast. They were meant to because the quality of kids' films was not great all the gotcha. time. Yeah, um, it was usually films about your your you know the helpful pet who finds little Timmy down the well. Or, That's Lassie. Right. You're you're <laughs> you're side eyeing Lassie. Right well, now. but. At the same time, the children's movies were not... Slash Rin Tin Tin, slash Benji. Right, <laughs> at the forefront of filmmaking, and, and often people sort of, actors right. found it beneath them to appear in them. Which is so wild. there was horror yeah, films, that's the there were all sorts of things, like, but to get kids to come back, yeah. you'd put in a couple of serials. Yeah. And they would come back to find out if the Green Hornet you know, got out of the crashing airplane. Um, they were shot really quickly, and... Uh, with really sometimes really outrageous special effects, mm. where you're going, I think I see the wires to oh, the King of the Rocket sure. Man, but yeah. because they were just blue mics up. and shit coming right. into the. <laughs> I, I was talking to well, my friend Ron Saul, and we both agreed that the sad thing is that Jackie Chan missed this period because he would do wonders because there were so many frantic, frenetic fight scenes. And so, you know, the Crimson Skull, there was a, a couple of them. So anyhow, George Lucas was trying to make a film right. inspired by that. And this one, we can say he intended a series. He intended right. three movies. He was looking for an actor who would Commit sign to on films. to three movies, which is why he didn't think he didn't think Ford would do that. Right. Well, he also was tired in the what I uh, read today is that he can he didn't want to. Harrison Ford to wind up being an actor that has the relationship that, for instance, Scorsese and De Niro have. Right. Uh, yeah. And Depp and, right. Um, because he'd done, uh, he'd worked with Harrison Ford going back to American Graffiti. Right. And they wanted somebody less well-known. Right. And he was well-known then. Empire did come out, out in 1980, so mm-hmm. right around the time that they're right. they're casting this. Um, I know I I knew the the apocryphal story of Tom Selleck was supposed to do it and then CBS fucked him. I saw the screen him. tests. You can <laughs> see the screen tests uh, with, uh, and it's really strange because they tried everyone, including people who you wondered. Yeah, like, I saw Chevy Chase was in them. What I was the like, hell were you thinking? Fuck? I saw a screen test with uh, Karen Allen and Tim Matheson. Yeah, 
I'm seeing Mur- Bill Murray, no right. thank you, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Tim Matheson, Nick Mancuso, Peter Coyote, Jack Nicholson, Jeff Bridges, Sam Elliott, Harry Hamlin, John Shea. Those are the ones that are right. just listed in the Wikipedia. Right. And I saw I saw the, the, the screen test with Karen Allen and Tim Matheson, and she's really hitting it out of the park. And I just, yeah, Tim Matheson, the guy from, which they had some sort of chemistry together. They yeah. worked together at Animal House. But yeah. um, also watching Sean Young yeah, and uh, Tom Selleck do a screen test together. Yeah. And he's, it's strange watching him not play Magnum. Yeah. Because you look at it going. I've seen Quigley Down Under, so. Right. Which feels vi- like right. of a piece with this. He's kind of. I don't know. It, it was sort of surprising seeing him play a different character, but um, but yeah, he was yeah. denied. The same thing happened to Pierce Brosnan when he was supposed to be James Bond earlier. I read. Yes, right. Yes, exactly. The they they were like, "You want him for no. something? We're going to go ahead and keep on making right. uh, Remington Steel." Uh, but yeah, they they hadn't picked up Magnum mm-hmm. PI yet. Yeah. Then they were like, "Oh, he's going to be a hot property. We want him." And I'm like, "Well, he's not going to be a hot property." If he's not in this movie, you dummies. Um, also, I read, I was reading in this. So, they greenlit Magnum P.I., forcing him to drop out. He, they had no lead actor only weeks before filming, so he was mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, the 1980s act, 80 actor strike later put the show on hiatus for three months, which would have allowed Selleck to star as Jones. Now... Wouldn't that have also been crossing the picket line? Because isn't those three mo- aren't those three months like struck? I have like no that's idea. a weird thing to right. say. I'm just like, um, but maybe they weren't striking everything. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I don't yeah, know if the yeah. AMPTP was a thing then. Lucas and Spielberg. I suppose it must have been in uh, strikes back then. Uh, we're sitting on a beach in Hawaii, asking each other what they were working on. Oh, and wow, tough life, y'all. Yeah, well, that's what they did. After <laughs> I know. They, they went into hiding to avoid the kind of um Yeah, both frenzy. of them, neither of them are extroverts by any stretch no. of the imagination. They take a trip to Hawaii together, which apparently had become a tradition of doing that after they were successful with a film, or when a film was finished, yeah. because they were terrified of what would happen afterwards. Did and they, and they didn't, weren't really, neither of them are really very involved, at least in this point, in the editing process, right? Uh, well, I think George Lucas's wife is editing this film. Oh, okay. But they, uh, I, I think it was after the film was put together, mm-hmm. and it was now in the hands of distributors and things like that. Right. And they came together, and it, George Lucas pitched an idea. He had Phil Kaufman, who's a local filmmaker yep. from San Francisco. Um, well, Lucas is a local filmmaker, right, technically. I, I suppose so, but I'd never think of him that <laughs> I way. I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, Philip Kaufman does a lot of San Francisco set stories, gotcha. which this also is, obviously. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, well, sort of. <laughs> and uh, Kaufman dropped out of the project at one point because he was uh, working with Clint Eastwood on a film. Okay. for him. And then uh, the two of them, when, when uh, Lucas is talking about the kind of film he wants to make, Spielberg tells him, tells Lucas, "I want to make a James Bond film." Uh Oh, right, that's right. And the, the the fingerprints of a film we've already seen, Goldfinger, are all over this movie. Yeah. From, starting with the pre-credit scene, which is a completely separate adventure yeah. that doesn't have to do with the rest. of the Anything movie. else? Yeah. And that's become such a standard in in action movies now. You have the scene yeah. before the film right. starts. So Lucas produced this, and Spielberg, Spielberg directed, directed it. Right. Okay. Oh, his biggest change, though, to Lucas's idea was, 
I don't want to call him Indiana Smith. That was that's the biggest right. change because it was okay. inspired by a film called Nevada Smith, which is actually a very good movie with uh, uh, Steve McQueen. Oh, okay, playing. We love him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And he's a cowboy who wants to get revenge for the murder of his parents, and he's, you know, he his uh, mother was Indian, his father was uh, a white man. And he travels across the West, and so there's a kind of a scope to that story about how he learns and becomes a different kind of human being. So by the end of it, he's going, I can't get revenge on this person anymore because I've changed so much on this trip for revenge. So it's a really interesting film. That was where the Smith came from, the the whole idea. Lucas's dog was named Indiana, Indiana, and that was also the dog that was the inspiration for Chewbacca. She's a big, oh, funny. furry, happy dog. That's funny. Who was always down for adventures, and so that's how we commemorate him. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, they came together with a story. They uh, recruited Lawrence Kasdan after a while, and then they all began to work together on casting. But what's interesting about this film, and it's probably very noticeable that I noticed this time, is how this film is like set piece after set piece yeah. after set piece, even when it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And Lawrence Kasdan says, oh, yeah, I, they gave me all these scenes and said, right around this. Oh, it's like Marvel. Right. Because Mar- well, that's what Marvel does now, yeah. if you don't know. They're like, here are the action beats. Right. Put them in your movie, and in this order. Yeah, so he had to write around that. The actual Indiana Jones with the hat and the whip and all the other things was actually part of the pre-production arc even before the film got made. So they knew that who he was going to look, what he was going to look like. Right? Yeah. And uh, all the screen tests have people wearing the hat and the jacket. Yeah. The hat's good. The jacket's good. Yeah. I will tell you, Indiana Jones's outfit is made out of Kevlar or something <laughs> similar. Because that motherfucker gets dragged over dirt roads. Right. And his clothes stay intact. That's not. Well, the costume designer said there are ten of everything on that first film. Fine. Right. But also, so, I'm watching were, a thing and not right. a shred. Not it's The leather might to, hold up, but those pants? Everything mm. was worn to flinders by the yes. time that they finished making this film. All ten yeah. copies of it. So I want to talk real quick about Harrison Ford and how smart he was. And I don't uh, know if this comes from being a drug dealer or what. Drug but, dealer. <laughs> so he'd always been considered. They mm. didn't want him because he was too famous. And Lucas was like, he's not signing on for three. Like, he's right. just not going to fucking do that. Uh, and then Harrison Ford thought, this is going to be fun. He negotiated a seven-figure salary, mm-hmm. a percentage of the gross profits, and the option to rewrite his dialogue, because, motherfucker, I've seen what you write. <laughs> well, that was the joke in Star Wars. Yeah. That uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher... And Mark Hamill all talked about how they were going to torture George by tying him to one of the set pieces, you know, or like a piece of the set, <laughs> and, read and recite his dialogue to it. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah, because he's not, he's an ideas guy. He's not. He's a, no. he's a macro, not really a micro. made these two guys work really well together on yeah. this project. And the fact that these two being Spielberg and Lucas, Lucas okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Lucas is, at least secure enough in what he's got going on to go, okay, yeah. Right. To go ahead and rewrite right. and it. And so George was keeping the budget down and Steven Spielberg was spending the money as quick as he could get it. Yeah. There are times that you can tell, oddly enough, like for instance, uh, a flying wing needs more than two engines to take off. 
There were some things in this movie where I was like, I don't think that would fly. No, I still... A flying wing, and George Lucas apparently is like, no, we're not going to... He, he promised the producers when he talked about how this film, we're going to have a scene in Nepal, we're going to have a scene in Egypt, we're yeah. going to have a... And they're like, we're going to have a scene in Tunisia, and then a scene in Tunisia, yeah. and then another scene right, in so Tunisia. He's just going on and on to them about you know, pitching this movie, and they're going, how, how on earth are you going to make this film? For the amount of money that you're claiming you can make it for. I had to go back uh-huh. during one of the um, car chases, basically, uh-huh. where um, uh, Ford, or Indy, what am I, I'm going to call him Indy, I guess, right. is following, he's uh, he's on a horse and he's following the truck mm-hmm. with the arc in it. We'll get there, but whatever. Um, and they're in the fucking desert. And mm. then I like looked down to do something or or like I got my my attention was diverted for like fifteen seconds and I looked back and they're in a forest and I was like, wait. <laughs> and like go back, I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? Right. No nothing. They were in the desert well, and then like they the were in a forest. And I'm like, I don't know Egypt. Point, so maybe that's how it is. At one point they're driving through the desert and then a car gets pushed off a really steep cliff. And falls hundreds of feet. I'm going. Yeah, I thought we were in the desert. Desert is <laughs> typically flat. Typically not a cliff. <laughs> maybe, maybe again. Maybe Egypt is different. I remember the desert. I saw Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. I know. Yes, yeah. it's, it's long and it's flat. And this was like the Grand Canyon all of a sudden. I, yeah, maybe. I, somebody can clear that for me. But do you want to go? Just generally let's, the let's go. Story. Yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Just broad. Let's go pretty, pretty fast through the. Y'all have seen this movie, right? Like, uh, yes. I'm the have. only one that was left that hadn't seen this movie. Like, to as you say, to Flinders. Like everyone has seen the shit out of this movie, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, I get it. But I haven't seen it. So um, yeah, we start with Alfred Molina in his first on-screen role until he gets uh, deeply murdered. Well, not. Murder killed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the famous big rock. This is the I'm looking at a golden idol and I'm going to trade it with sand. Okay, guys, let's first of all here's my, here's an issue with the movie from front to back. Nobody knows how much gold weighs. It's heavy. It's heavy as hell. They're right. just picking up this arc. I'm like, no, that thing weighs a t- literal ton. This idol, he has this ha- bag of maybe. Three pounds of sand, and he takes them out. And then he takes them out, and I'm like, that idol weighs not less than twenty five pounds. Mind you, we should, you know, I'm sure the audience knows this. There is this is not archaeology. I understand. I understand. It's like why? It's just wild. I'm just like, it's. You know what it was? It was the taking some out. I'm like. So we are concerned about the weight. That ain't it, the, son. <laughs> the giant rolling ball, the poison darts, the yeah. the crevasse that you have to. I also love over. that he does the thing, right? And then the 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 thing starts to fall, and the the walls start you know coming mm-hmm. down around him, and he just now he had to come across this. Um, chamber very carefully right. because if he didn't, these poison darts, these poison darts were coming out. So then he just turns and runs and managed to manages to avoid right. all of the poison yeah, darts. So, and I'm just like, eighties because I can remember Rambo running through minefields yeah. in that film. Um, and you're just like, well, 
Okay, there we go. Yeah. Mines are going off behind him the whole time. Yeah, right. I don't know why, if he's avoiding them. Yeah. <laughs> so he's running. He uh, uses his whip to get Alfred Molino, his uh, guide, over the thing. And then he's like, send me the whip back. And he's like, give me the idol. And then they have a little standoff. And then he throws this. I mean, this idol is 25 pounds. Yeah. Chucks, it, chucks it at Alfred Molina, makes it across the cavern. And then, of course, he says, deuces, and he just leaves. And then um, Andy has to catch up with him. But it's okay, because he's going to get stabbed by a, a roughly hewn right. now, spear I mean, later what on. I want to, when, I'm, when I said that this isn't archaeology, I don't think that any archaeologist in the last ever... Has actually Not anybody who called themselves an archaeologist. Right? No. No. Well, um, if they did, here's what an archaeologist does. Okay. They say, hey, I think there's something here. And then they go get grant money. Right. They put up some barriers. They take everything literally a half an inch at a time. Like, that's... Well, and this is very <laughs> much a part of the kind of land of the pharaohs. Uh, Harrison Ford's costume is meant to recall both Charlton Heston and... Uh, God, what was the film about where he's taking a, or he's supposedly is going after Inca gold, a treasure of the Andes, I think maybe, and Humphrey Bogart in Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Okay, that that makes sense because that right. was the vibe I was getting, especially when he's hella sweaty, which I don't know how he wasn't covered in sweat all the time right. because uh, apparently 100, uh, 130 degrees yeah. regularly on the in, set. In Tunisia. <laughs> but yeah, the first scene shot in Hawaii, there are moments there that people were in genuine danger. Uh, Alfred Millian tells a really funny story about the spiders, how he was brought a bunch of tarantulas in a suitcase, and the spider wrangler put them all over him, but they wouldn't move. And Spielberg is saying, well, but they look fake. You know, how can we make them look real? And the, the spider handler says, apparently it was Australian. Um, oh, no, 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 no. They're just going to do this until I put a female on him. And they put a female, and suddenly the spiders are all running around chasing her, which is... Yeah, so and, upsetting. See, and, here's the thing. I don't mind a tarantula. I don't right. like spiders. I don't mind a tarantula, because you know what I can do with a tarantula? See it. Right. And stay the fuck away from it. Um, And, like, I probably would be okay with one on my hand, but if that thing fucking started scampering, yeah. uh, I would lose well, my mind. And Melina said that... Uh, so they, they put the spider on him, and and the spiders start just getting very hectic and scrambling around. And Spielberg is like, okay, quit, start the camera. Because, you know, he had stopped it because the spiders weren't moving. And now they're just running wildly around his shoulders. Which is not the take they use, because they're pretty static on right. him when he turns around. Except for the ones that are crawling yeah. over his chest. And so he wanted to get them before they calmed down. And he's like, okay, quick. Alfred looks scared, and he said, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Terrified. Do you not You're see not my fucking face right now? <laughs> to be this is method. I am terrified." <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he appears. This is his first film. Yep. Um, credit. He got so much FaceTime in the commercials and the trailer that yeah, the, the, the way it was released to um, to late night talk shows and things like that. Yeah. His face was everywhere, so people. He said, "Thought he was uh, going to be a big a, be a star big, in it, like he's the co-star of the right. film, and he wasn't. But that launched his career. And For there sure, a couple of people. He was really just, good. Oh yeah, he was. 
Um, but he was and this done goes in five minutes. Go to the first thing that you, you know of something that we're going to discuss. How the hell did this movie get a PG rating? Yeah, because he also ends his part just sort of impaled on the. This it is wall of spikes. a lot of right. gory, close-up, right. violence. Um, yeah, it's wild. So he gets out, and then of course mm-hmm. he is met by a Belloc. bunch of natives mm-hmm. and Belloc, who steals his shit because that's what Belloc always does. So you think that Indy would figure this shit out and not just right. But yeah, so he gets it gets yoinked, um, and then we see him back teaching. Where does he teach? We don't know. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of girls in this class. Yeah, they, there's that girl with "Love You" written across her eyelids, which he can read from a distance. Which no, you can't. <laughs> he sort of stops and squints at her. It was, uh, the, it was very weird. Right. Um, gross, uh, especially given the Marion Ravenwood yeah. age issue. Um, and it looks like, I guess he's his handler. I don't <laughs> This dude comes into his classroom and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, he has a meeting with him and some other guy. And right. he's like, uh, we kind of know where the Ark might be and you got to go get it because the right. Nazis are trying to get Dana it. It's Elliott. 1936, so right. Nazis. Dana Nazis. Who uh, plays, uh, what is the character's name? Oh, I'm sorry, just a second. Marcus Brody. He's like a curator. And yes, he's museum a curator, curator. Of the museum who uh, Indiana Jones is trying to convince him to uh, give him some money against the artifacts that he brought back. Yeah. So that he can go try go to Marrakesh and try to buy back this fertility idol. Right. Which, why they would put so many things around a fertility idol to protect it, I don't know. Anyhow. Um, but uh, yeah, Denimilia is a is a really great English actor. Yeah. So, but he he acts very much like like a handler. Right. But I guess he's he's the money, right? And, and Spielberg was also very much on. I liked you know he he'd always respected his performances, right? And said this is this will be the great uh, counterbalance to Indy's recklessness, right? Is to right. Have somebody who although just, he's only in what two scenes, right? It's not he's like being very paternalistic, you know, be careful, you know, with that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, Indy, needs to go track down his, uh, mentor, uh, Adolf, nope, what's his name? Something, it's with an A. Abner Ravenwood. Abner Ravenwood. Mm-hmm. So he goes to a bar in Nepal, in a place that does not look like Nepal, where Karen Allen is drinking big men under the table, right. and then acting not drunk at all, I'm just like... Like, she seems sick right at the end of her drinking right. thing. And but then, then, she, then she gets up and she's, like, cleaning the bar and whatever. And she's totally I'm just like, <laughs> you just drank, it looked like 16 shots of right. something. I think it might have been water. I think she was hustling them. This is her bar. Her dad is dead. Mm-hmm. But she has the medallion that he wants, but she's not going to tell him that. First, she has to slap him. Um, and then we have to find out that 10 years ago they had a, um, a falling out that caused his right. dad or her dad to like break ties with Indy too. Like both of them broke ties. And I'm like, this woman's like 25 and apparently, which would make her like 15. And, uh, there's no way that Indiana Jones was like, you know, 17 no. at the time. Um, so that's a problem. But I guess when, like, Karen Allen was hired. She was like, I'm going to make up this whole uh, back plot of, like, 
you know, they had a relationship when he she was 15 to 16, da 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 And then Spielberg was like, but that all belongs in another movie. And I'm like, except you have a line right. that makes that part of this movie. Right. <laughs> like, I believe that since they were... It's, it's one of those weird issues that happens... I don't think it was meant to be this strange kind of young man takes advantage of a young woman, although she claims that her line is something like, you know, I was wrong and you knew it. It was wrong and you knew it. Was it was wrong and you knew it, yeah. Um, I think that we just saw, what was the film that we saw not too long ago with um, Jason Statham and this woman who's obviously 20 years younger than him or something playing his sister. Oh, it was Hobbs and Shaw. Right. There's a flashback to them as children together and you're thinking, There's no how way. old is she supposed to be? How old is he supposed right. to be? That's what it is. That's it's, vanity casting on his. Like they're his, 10 yeah. years yeah, older and him 10, and ten years, years younger. younger. Yeah, it was wild. And they had a childhood together. I don't yeah. know how that Yeah, it was Hobbs and Shaw and I'm like, no. And so I think unfortunately that's the kind of dynamic that you'll see in movies a lot so i don't know that it was ever meant to be malicious obviously karen allen who is a very serious actress yeah very professional actress had come up with this idea of going yeah. wait how let me count why is this a, i would yeah. be a teenager and he would be a grown man yeah um uh which uh, no wonder fucking abner was like fuck you and right. leave my daughter alone so um so he she's like come back tomorrow he's like why she goes because I, I said so and i'm like yeah bitch and then he right. does leave except he doesn't go very far which is good because there's a nazi his name is arnold tot tot which Could is you, german for death the there's no way that at any point during this movie i knew what this dude's name was i don't know what any of the nazis names are right not even one i'm like the dude with the glasses the dude with the jaw well, those are the two nazis the that I is not peter lorry he yes he does have and that is what that I was is referring exactly to what uh, um, Steven Spielberg oh, was looking for this uh, an actor to play this character yeah. death um, and uh, Ronald Lacey who had at that point quit acting he's an unusual looking man and so he quit mainstream acting and become an actor's agent. Oh, interesting. But Spielberg had looked at him and says, he, he, yeah. he reminds me of Peter Lorre. And Lurie. he does Peter Lorre's voice. Like, right. as soon as he started talking, I'm like, you're not Peter Lorre, dude. Right. Um, but he did do a really good job of playing the Peter Lorre stand sure. in this film. Yeah, so uh, she's got the medallion. He uh, tries to take the medallion. There's a fire and a fight. He tries to grab the medallion out of a fire because he's a fucking idiot and he doesn't because and it but it burns a thing in his hand i didn't realize that that's how they got the thing right. later so they it burns the image into his hand but he has to let it go and then he runs out into the snow i'm like you couldn't even finish your job because you whatever it's fine yeah. um and uh indian marion grab the the uh the medallion and bounce and they go they bounce and then we see the the map uh-huh. And we see them flying, do do do, with a red line <laughs> over to Cairo, Egypt, um, and then we meet uh, Sela, who is a name I'm gonna fuck his name Sella up. Sela is John Rhys Davis. John Rhys Davis. I always um, get him his name mixed up with Myers. Right, Reese Myers. Yeah. He was cast because of the part he played in Shogun. Oh, okay, where he played a Portuguese sailor, and. Um, Originally, the part was for a five foot tall, five foot two Egyptian 
uh, digger. Yeah, because you know what what this dude isn't Egyptian. No, and no, nor is he five foot two. No, and the original. <laughs> I did Just not because notice. he plays a dwarf does not mean that he is right. a small man. Uh, no, no, quite the opposite. He's very large. Um, which is funny. When I heard that he was playing Gimli. It's like, wait, wait, isn't he like? Magic of of foot taller than everybody. They made Elijah Wood this tall, like like three feet tall. Right. So, so you know. apparently, the actor who was cast up until the very end was Diane DeVito. Oh, interesting. And also, not an Egyptian man. However, Diane DeVito could not get out. Get again, time away from his television. Was he a show. taxi at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, despite the fact that he really, 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 really wanted to do this part... Too fucking bad! (laughs) It got passed on to somebody else, and then when Spielberg... That would have been weird. Well, he he winds up doing a similar kind of part in uh, Romancing the Stone. Yeah, that's true. Although, Um, although he's more... Yes, exactly. Because, was it Sala? He's like a good dude. Right. Like, all the way through. He's like Indy's friend. He's got his back. He doesn't fucking, you know, turn... And his children save him at one point. I I got confused by that, too. I was like, where are all these kids coming from? Well, yeah, that's something that you you see earlier in the film. He meets Salah. Salah is an enormous man. With a passel of children. And a huge voice. And that's why Spielberg liked him. He said he was a combination of uh, John Falstaff, and I forget who the other character was, but he's like, yeah, he's just this... Play him that way. Yeah. And so he did it. It was big theatrical Shakespearean role for yeah. his voice. So he lets uh, Indy know that Belloc mm-hmm. is working for the Nazis, looking for the same thing. Now, what we should say is the thing that they're looking for is the Ark of the Covenant, which is um, supposedly mm-hmm. what's supposed to be in it. Okay, what is in the Ark of the Covenant is the fractured pieces of the Ten Commandments. That's right. That uh, when Moses comes down from Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, he sees the people worshiping a golden yeah, idol he gets and, mad and he smashes breaks, them. Breaks them. Um, but uh, not only that, I mean, according to some of the scripture, also the staff that he used that he's punishing the Egyptians with is also in there. Oh, okay. And and a pot of manna. Um, but the food of the gods. Right. How, what? Mm. That's not like a. Like a thing with mass, I thought. I thought that right. was like light or it was something. Very light, but apparently, that, <laughs> no, but like one of the stories is in there. Like, like light, like the light that comes out of that, not like. No, well, it's like it a, a fluff. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, like marshmallow. Right. So, um, in or the Old Testament, <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant is kept in the, the Holy of Holies. Yeah. And you're not allowed to touch it. That seems right. You're, only the priests are allowed to sort of, and they don't touch it. Somebody does at one point and dies. Um, and when it's at one point carried in as a fetish to fight the Philistines, God gets really pissed off. And so the, the Philistines put it in their temple to their god Dagon. And every morning when the Philistines come to worship Dagon, the statue is knocked down on its face right. until finally its neck is broken off. Because you remember what God's first commandment was? Right. He didn't tell you there were no other gods. He said, don't put him before me. Don't put my shit in his temple. So the Philistines are so terrified because they're starting to break out in leprosy and rats are overrunning their field and all sorts of things. They're like, okay, we're just going to give you back this. You can have this, you know, and they send it out with two oxen. And then the story goes that it winds up in a village. It's a remote village on the outskirts of Israel. 
and a bunch of villagers find it, and they're so happy, they start drinking, and then one of them gets the bright idea, let's open it and see what's inside, and the next morning, not a single one of those people is still alive. Okay, and we see sort of a drawing of that in right. the... And we're going to, that's kind of the climax of this, yeah. the film, too. They, right. they dare to open the ark. So the ark is supposed to be in a lost city, Tannis. Mm-hmm. You should check out the podcast if you haven't. There's a there's a cool right. sort of supernatural uh, podcast called Tannis. It, it goes in some cool places, and then it kind of loses its way sometimes. So it, you got to really mm. take the good with the bad with it. But... Uh, which was buried under uh, like a, a mile of sand or something <laughs> yeah, that lasted, a, lasted a, year. a year. So it's but it's now been discovered, and mm-hmm. so there is a room in there that you're supposed to take this staff of Ra, mm-hmm. and the headpiece of the staff of Ra. That's the medallion that she had, and you hold it at a certain place at a certain time, and then the light hits it, and then it shows like a laser mm-hmm. in like there's a little miniature of the city, and it shows exactly where the thing is now. When they finally figure out where it is, it's like, mm-hmm. of course, where that's where the fuck it is. But we'll get there. I'm just like, mm, I don't, I didn't need the law. I didn't need the staff to tell you where this thing probably was. So he's got the thing. They realize that he's digging in the wrong location because they, they have, they've molded a version of the medallion mm-hmm. out of the burn on that dude's hand. But it turns out there's writing on both sides. Right. So it says, like, you have to have a thing that's, like, the staff is right. yay tall, and it happens to be six feet. And then on the back it says minus mm-hmm. one measure. That's the thing. It's, like, some measurement that I've never heard of. And they're, like, it's six is. of them. Uh-huh. And then he's, like, about 72 inches. So I'm, like, so it's a foot? We couldn't just, I mean, there weren't feet and inches then, but right. I mean, it was just, now, like. I should mention that this is, that there is a side character of a treacherous monkey. Yeah, there's a Nazi monkey, y'all. And he did Hitler salute. That was funny. Marion Wavenwood is kidnapped. There's a huge fight in the marketplace. Right. She's put into a basket. Well, she hides in a basket, right. and then they scoop the right. basket and take it away. And then, um, This is the scene where there's supposed to be a big fight, sword fight, but mm-hmm. then Indiana Jones shoots the dude dead because he was... Harrison Ford and a hundred other members of the cast and crew had amoebic dysentery. Apparently, Steven Spielberg later, not boasted, but claimed that he got up by the skin of his teeth, said that it was 130 degrees every day. Because I guess he brought his food from England, which is wild. Canned food from England that he ate. And water, too. Cold at times. I ate it cold. Not that cold. It was 130 degrees right, outside. Right, he said, you know, it's, it <laughs> yeah. was refrigerated. I would eat it right out of the can. I didn't do anything. But yeah. everyone else yeah. was eating their guts. Can sick. you imagine? Not just dysentery, mm-hmm. which is fucking bad enough. Right. Dysentery in 130 degree right. heat. I'd literally be like, shoot me in the face. And that's just kill me. I oddly, can't do this. It was a six-week shoot in Tunisia. Um, and Tunisia Why did they a, go in the sun? Summer. I have no idea. There's Probably no way that was schedule. winter in the, Yeah, maybe. Um, and they were doing things like... I uh, mean, I'm sure there are other challenges but, in other parts you know, of the year. This is digital filmmaking, right? <sighs> so uh, the first thing was this, this the scene uh, where we meet Salah at, for the first time. We're on the roof of his house meeting his nine kids, right? They had to go and scamper and pay everyone to take down their TV aerials. Right. There were like 2,000 right. satellites had to take it down. that they had to take them and down. And they had to take them back up, put them back up again when they were done. So they, he wanted to do 2,000 diggers, 2,000 uh, extras as diggers. They, oh, he could only get 600 because of the right. budget. 
he they find out that he, or they realize that he's digging the wrong place. They go and they find the right place. Mm-hmm. They figure out where it's going to be right in the middle of what is clearly the temple. Like mm. right in the, like where the altar on the temple is, that's where the, the ark is. And I'm like, literally, I don't I didn't need the staff to tell me that that's where they would have put it. They figure out when they when they have this medallion, they have both sides of the medallion. They figure mm. out that the Nazis are digging in the wrong place. So they have a 6-foot staff instead of a 5-foot staff. It's yeah. what it comes out to be. 72 inches minus 1 sixth or whatever it is so they they drop down there's a map room that map room has a a miniature of the entire city he holds up the thing Salah is upstairs or not upstairs but at the above the uh map room because it's sort of just a hole in the ground and then it opens up underneath right and he's keeping watch and Indy figures out where it is and it's supposed to be in a place called the well of souls which as Right in the middle of the temple underneath where the right. altar is. Like, it's a very clear place where you would put the Ark of the Covenant. And so he figures it out, and then he goes to try and leave. But Salah has been uh, taken away by Nazis. So how does he get out of there? I can't um, remember. Salah doesn't get taken away by Nazis. They catch him there. Oh, okay. He winds up running around and sort of kowtowing to them, and yeah. at the same time running into tents and stealing enough to uh, okay. make a rope. Oh, gotcha, and that's drops right. On him and at the end of the rope is a Nazi flag, which is like one to of the To let jokes. him know, hey, right. shit's going down up here. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he gets out, and then he's sort of creeping around and finds Marion mm-hmm. tied up in... Is he in Belloc's? Is she in Belloc's right. place? So he, and who likes... His name is Renee. He, um has taken a liking to her. They, you know, <laughs> Indy finds her and kisses her, and then re like regags her because he's like oh I know where I know what's going on I know where it is I gotta go you stay here or we're gonna bring too much attention I guess there's a very uncomfortable scene where Bella gives her what appears to be a fucking wedding dress she gets another white slip later I don't understand this was part of the set piece was her that dress and so (sighs) it's like labyrinth when um, Paul Freeman the actor who plays Bella legend and uh, and Karen Allen had to sit there, and they came up with themselves why she has to wear the dress. Gotcha. Because it was just like, no, no, she has to wear that dress. We have to have her in this dress at that point. And so they came up with the whole kind of drinking match thing. Right, right. That was all improvised. Right, she's directors. sort of trying to one-up him mm-hmm. to get him to pass out the way that she right. did previously, which makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, apparently a lot of the script was... Improvise, right? Like it was just on it. figure it out, and then she grabs a knife and holds it up to her, him, not up to him, just up in front of her face, and across the table. So from him. drunk, he just and kind he of just they're laughing. They're both it. like laughing, and she's like, "I really like you, Renee, but I gotta go." And then she turns to go, and then Nazi, right. <laughs> specifically Peter Lorre Nazi, and his creepy grin and his little round glasses. And then she is now. Now Sala and Indy go to the Well of Souls. Mm-hmm. They uh, he looks down. They look down with uh, their torches, and Sala goes, "Why is the ground moving?" And he's like, "Give me your torch." And he drops it, and there's snakes down there. And I was like, "Ooh, Egyptian snakes! Those are asps." There's a very funny, there's also a cobra. <laughs> there's a very funny bit 
on one of the documentaries I saw this afternoon uh-huh. where Steven Spielberg is talking to a snake because he's not particularly afraid of them. He's holding the snake in his hand and saying, you're ruining my movie. Oh, no. He says, why aren't you afraid of the, the, the torches? You're supposed to be afraid of the torches. Oh, they just kept coming by the fire? coming towards the torches because they're warm, and the big yep. empty studio was cold. Yep. So they're all gathering around there, and it's like, well, no, you're supposed to be afraid. It's like you're ruining my shot. They had to call in three different herpetologists who are snake wranglers. Yeah. So they could get as many snakes as possible. You know what they should have done? Good. Here's Here's what my... Um, uh, solution for that would mm-hmm. be put some heating stuff underneath the ground, right? So that they well, the have places to go to. Right. Yes. Well, I'm a problem solver. It's it's what I do. See, you uh, so he jumps down into the snake pit, even though he doesn't want to. He being Indy, and then Sala is going to come down after him. You said that there's a point, and I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. you said there's a point where. There is a cobra that rears up right, right in front of Indy's face, and you said there's glass in between. There's a sheet of glass there, and which makes sense. I wouldn't. Right. I also wouldn't put my face well, that close to a cobra. I don't care if the idea the was they were not before that. There were snakes and legless lizards, which exist, which have no venom and don't bite and are very mild tempered because they're lizards. They're not snakes. How do? Are they just short? How do you tell the difference? The difference is that they have uh, body parts that snakes don't have, like on the outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but, but they, not legs. They don't have legs or no. feet. No. But what? I gotta look these up because I'm yeah, totally it, weirded out. <laughs> um, so they said that uh, that what I or Spielberg described is how he's not particularly frightened of snakes, but the pythons, for instance, that's a snake, <laughs> will bite you and hold on. Yes. And they bit one of the people on the set, so then they everyone had to be more careful. Okay. You just bit one of our camera people or one of the members of the crew, um, and they had to get medical care. So that happened. Everyone got very casual around the snakes, but when they brought the cobras, there's a one of the cobras, the cobra that rears up and yeah. looks at Harrison Ford, actually took a bite at him, but ran into the glass. Yeah. And left a streak of venom across yeah, the glass. And that's, that's the thing. You're not yeah. going to train a cobra. And that's said, not that's a thing. That's when everybody started taking it more seriously. Like, oh, okay, this is dangerous now. It's not just, haha, we're running around. And uh, Karen Allen, she she talked about how Harrison Ford wasn't afraid of the snakes, but he's wearing heavy boots. He's wearing heavy yeah. pants. He's yeah. wearing a leather jacket. I'm essentially in this little tiny dress with no underwear. Yeah. Really? Um, well, except for her panties. But right. at one point you oh, see Oh, yeah, her not, extra, right. not extra anything. Yeah, um, it's her legs. Her legs. And uh, she's barefoot because yes. her shoe falls off at one point. Which, good, because he gave her heels. And I'm right. like, you can't run through the desert in heels. And so she's like, that, that was... Well, that's the thing. So right. she's not there yet because... Mm-hmm. They both come down. Right. They 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 find this box. They open this huge stone box, and mm. Indian Sala open it up themselves. I'm like, no, the fuck they didn't, because that weighs at least a thousand pounds. But right. okay. Um. And then they then the ark is in there. Mm-hmm. The ark is in there. It's golden. They lift that too, and it's fucking made out of gold. Also weighs yes. so as much as a car. But okay, these two guys open it or get 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 it, and then of course. Is it? Does Salah get up? Well, they pull him up. They pull the ark up. 
And that's when Indy's left alone, and he finds out, oh, the Nazis are out there waiting. Belloc is like, "Ha got your stuff again, because uh-huh. that's what I do. I steal the shit you find. I let you Mind do you, all the hard work. He's stealing shit too, so y- yes, right. yes, there, yes, but also he yeah. steals. He he does what he's going to do, and he also takes what he has. Uh, so he's like, okay, we're going to leave you down there with all those snakes, but also here's a girl. Right, and which, then he she chuck, he chucks her I down. I did not like because he thought the girl was part of his agreement, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, Is that there too? Like yeah, they have that conversation twice. multiple times. Woof. And so um, and so they throw her down in into the because uh, I remember that on the ship, but right. I didn't remember that there. Okay, and then but they get out. Right. He sees where the snakes are coming from, so he knows that there's something behind there, and then he. Climbs up on a statue and knocks it into the wall, and then the wall breaks. And I'm like, here's what's going to happen over there. There's going to be a fucking... The snakes... If the snakes are coming at eye level out of this wall, Uh I feel like the room next door is just full of snakes up to eye level. Like, that's clearly not what happened, but... There's just a lot of mummies. and And they go across, and they run out, and then, yeah, they get out, and then she fucking... They run across that desert, like... In Mission right. Impossible Tom Cruise just fucking booking it. I was like, she's not wearing shoes anymore. She's doing this in no shoes. <laughs> That's wild. Because women are stronger than men. Sorry, but it's just the way it is. Um, and then uh, there's a whole fight around they, yeah. the V-plane. Or the, 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 wing, the flying wing. Well, they got Yes, that's right. And they blow because, up a yeah. plane, and Sala and Marion go off to Cairo, and Indy's like, "I'll meet you there." <laughs> and he grabs a horse and rides after the Nazi truck, mm-hmm. who's in a like caravan now, okay. um, with the Ark in it. So he's gonna go get the Ark again. And he like I said, he's riding a horse. He's riding a horse. He's up on a cliff. They're driving. Um, through these roads, and then all of a sudden, they're in a, a, a wood, <laughs> some sort of, <laughs> some sort of forest, and I'm just like, uh, okay, it's an oasis. Happy he um, he gets on the truck. He gets everybody. He knocks all the other cars off, mm-hmm. um, including the one with Belloc and what's his name, Tot. Tot, and also Gerbler, I think, is one of the chimneys. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to call him Gobbler, but I'm pretty sure it's Gobbler. He's he's Jaw. There's um yeah, there's Peter Laurie with glasses, and then mm. there's Jaw. <laughs> this dude has a jaw on him. That is the only thing I was like, okay. Um, so he's sort of the one that's in charge of finding this. Mm-hmm. Like Tot is a Gestapo officer, right. so he's like management. But the project manager on this one is right. the He's also the person who extracts information from people. Yes, which because is he's a torturer, because right. Gestapo, or Gestapo, I guess. Um, so Indy gets the thing, drives over to Cairo. Uh, he's chased by the car with the, the bads, the ones mm-hmm. that we actually know and care about, the ones that survived that, <laughs> that encounter. Oh, he's been shot in the arm. Uh-huh. Um, but he drives into a garage. The everybody closes ranks around that garage and are just standing in this semicircle, totally not uh, conspicuous in any way. <laughs> and then uh, the Nazis are foiled. And then we get on a boat and we're gonna go doop 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 in the river or in the um, 
in the water. Mm-hmm. We're going to on a boat. This is when we have Marion and Indy hooking up again because he's complaining about hurting. She's in a beautiful white slip because all of these men everywhere have these beautiful have white, these dresses, barely there dresses right. that they put their women in. It's very upsetting. And she's like trying to clean him off and he's like, it hurts, it hurts. And she's like, where does it not hurt? And he's like, my elbow, my forehead. And then his lips, and then they kiss. And then he, she's like, she says something and she wants to do more than kissing, but he has passed out because... He of got dragged he behind has. a truck. I have to say, before we move on, that truck chase is one of the great stunt set pieces That's ever the thing, done. yeah. He's being dragged along, like I said, a dirt road with yeah. a lot of rocks, and his clothes come out and whole. some of that was actually done by Harrison Ford. Ooh, that doesn't surprise me. He um he did learn how to use that bullwhip. Right. He could snap something out of a dude's hand. He did that for yeah. real. I guess, too, while he was training for that, which was several weeks, mm-hmm. he had to do a bunch of work on his wrist because he had a prior injury. Well, he had injuries from this film. He said he got into condition for the movie and all. Uh-huh. But there's a scene with the, the, the flying wing, right? He gets into a fist fight with Pat Roach. Is one of the great stuntmen slash professional wrestler slash early black belt in judo. Like, the guy's six foot five. He didn't need all that, but there he is. Oh, yeah. So he gets in a fight with this guy. That plane that's spinning around them rolled over his leg. That's and not good. tore his ACL. I think he said his ACL. He, Anyhow. He has. <laughs> for a man who has a pilot's license and flies a lot, right. he has. Terrible luck around planes. Well, that's probably what, when I read that, I'm like, okay, that explains also why the injury that he suffered recently on the Star Wars film, also to this leg, possibly the same leg, really was so dangerous because he had, that whole thing had rolled off over his leg. Yeah, that could have, that could have been a, an amputation right. injury. What him, he said, was that it was so hot, the wheels got gummy and soft. Soft? Oh, my God. And the sand was giving way underneath it, right. so it kind of rolled over yeah, and yeah, just yeah. pinned him there. Yeah. And apparently it took 40 crew members to move the thing because it just stopped moving on top of him. Yeah. Off of him. It weighed the real real amount of the arc well, <laughs> because the arc's made out of gold, and gold is fucking heavy. Yeah. How he got through the rest of this, I don't know. Or why he even tried, for God's sake. Well, he was under contract. There we go. There's money. Seven digits. Okay. And then also gross profit. And yeah, Mm. he was going to finish the movie. So they're on a tramp steamer. Mm -hmm. They're going. But then, oh no, they are, of course, found by the Nazis in a U-boat. It's a U-boat from Das Boot. Yeah, the very same (laughs) U-boat. They take the Ark, they take her, uh-huh. because Belloc wa- wants her. It's his compensation. And the the boat captain, who's uh-huh. the only black character we see in this movie, so it, well, that's no, no, not there's great. There's also the other black ca- characters on that boat. Well, yes, yeah. the only speaking right. black character who says, leave the woman She's valuable where we're going, and that'll help us recoup some of the cost, some of the losses of the mm-hmm. ship. And and Belloc's like, no. But they're both gross. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're well, both no, they're the you, same. The captain is Salah's friend and is very much trying to help out. Like he knows that until he wants to sell. No, no, Marianne. he doesn't want to sell her. That's his excuse to try to get her from having to go. Oh, he is the, right. He is 
He's playing that. Right, he's playing that. I didn't he, catch that, and I was that like, "This is, is the only black character we see talking." Right. Oh, this no, no, is no, what no, he's no. saying. Okay. That's part of a plea, uh, a plot rather a plot. to keep okay. her from being taken by the Nazis. Got you, got you, got you, got you. It doesn't work. No, it they doesn't. take they take him, and then Jones, uh, Indiana Jones, jumps into the water, swims across to the U boat, climbs on top of the U boat, and then I guess just rides the, the U boat while it's going to this island. And they just never go under? I guess they don't. Well, because having, he would die. <laughs> having spoken to people who actually were. That was my confusion. Right. I was like, wait a minute. And He's I, just chilling up there. Uh, he doesn't right. go in. <laughs> having spoken to people who actually worked on U-boats. I'm sure that they stay up most of the time. They don't want to go underneath because then you're just breathing canned air and it's yeah. disgusting. It's, it's so, disgusting anyway. Right. There's no way of stopping it yeah. from being disgusting. But, yeah. but during, in 1936... Uh, yes. I feel like there would be a point at which they would mm-hmm. need to duck. Right. And he is just kicking it on top. Also, no food, no water. Uh-huh. There's well, we no don't way. Know how long to... this trip is? It's it's apparently not too far away from where they are. This island. Okay, but well, still. I'm just. This is yes. I'm. It's my rationale for. What it's just. Me. I was just like he's just on it's... top of a submarine. Just. Just hoping it doesn't go under, right. I guess, because the... <laughs> what, what else can he He's do? He'll drown. Drown. I'm sorry. I'm drown. Um, so now they're on an island in the Aegean Sea. Mm-hmm. Belloc's going to open the Ark, and the 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 project manager, Jaw, uh, not Jaw, yeah, Jaw, mm-hmm. he is like, no, we got to take this to Hitler. And Belloc's like, you want to fucking open this in front of your boss and find out that it's not what you thought it was? And then, and then he's like, right. oh, yeah, no, I don't want to do that and Belloc just wants he just wants to uh, see it right and he's going he's dressing up as a priest as a Levite yeah it's it's, um, and that's the other thing they have to they do a whole thing in Hebrew like a whole Jewish thing and the the Nazis are like I don't like it (laughs) I don't like doing all this Jewish Jewish ritual and I'm like I mean you should be because I'm pretty sure you're about to get smoted (laughs) and guess what he is. Jo- Indiana Jones tries to stop them on the uh-huh. way. He's he's like, I'm gonna blow you guys up unless yeah, you give me the what. He's right. got like a rocket launcher, right? I don't know where he got it off the U-boat. I, Probably stole it from one of the Nazis. He yeah, beats must up. have because he doesn't right. have anything. <laughs> he just has. Doesn't even have uniform. He has to steal one off of. Him. Yes, he steals one off. Of, um, he gets. He's like, you need to hand over the girl. Like, I don't even give a fuck about the Ark at this point, getting right. a girl. And they're like, and Belloc is like, what if I don't? Because he's really horny for her. Like, sorry, everybody, mm-hmm. but that's what it is. And he's like, well, then your Fuhrer won't have his prize. Like, I'm going to blow all of us to kingdom come. And Belloc's like, no, you won't. You're an archaeologist. You're not going to blow up history. Right. And he's like, you're right. Um, so he is captured. They are both captured and they are tied to a stake back-to-back like witches (laughs) and then this ceremony happens is bad y'all they open the ark there's just sand in there and balak is so disappointed but then the sand starts glowing and then the the ghosts all come out the spirits the Mm -hmm. demons well i don't know what they are death i'm not sure there's a bunch of white fluffy people they come maybe that's the mana um they come out and they swirl around and everybody's like, ooh, ah, and it feels like the Frighteners. Like, that right. was the the vibe I was getting. And 
That's when Indiana Jones tells Marion, close your eyes, don't look, no matter what happens, because some bad shit's <laughs> about to happen. And she does, and then some bad shit happens, and a bunch of fire comes out, and lasers shoot all of the Nazis in the chest, and then um, the three who are standing around, that's Jaw, that's Lori, that's Belloc, all start screaming and screaming and screaming, and then their faces melt off, and it's well, awesome. Peter Lorre's, not Peter Lorre's face melts off. Yeah. And oh, a that's horrible right. horrible sound effect where, it's, where he's literally drowning that's in right. whatever fluids are coming down his throat. One of those heads explodes. Belloc's head, head explodes. Explodes. explodes, yeah. And I can't. I think he's melty, but different. It's yeah, a different he melty. mummifies. It's like it all shrivels that's up. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, they all have right. different... How, again, this is a PG movie. Yeah, how, yeah. how this yes. guy's head just exploded. Yeah. Oh, it's like scanners. My understanding is that yeah, scanners <laughs> is that um, they had to double expose an explosion over Belloc's head because that's what it looked the like. MPA AA, the MPAA rather was that his like, head just exploded. We can't show that. No, no, because there's that. so there is an explosion over. Yeah, like right. a ghost version of his head. You don't actually see nothing there right. because um, that was done with apparently a shotgun and so, you know underneath this sculpted head. And it, oh, just out? Right. Woof. And uh, I think it was Phil Tippett or Dennis Muir and one of them said, yeah, the only safe place for that particular effect was behind the camera because there was a shotgun going off. That's wild. And um, and it just blew... And they had to do several of them. At one point, they overdid it because the producer was saying, it's, it's, or rather Lucas was like, it's not enough, it's not enough, they can push it. And so they painted the bones under the right. gelatin and the, the part of the sculpture red. So was it a gelatin skull? Okay, right. yeah. And then, then it was too gory. It's yeah, like, right. They didn't yeah. want it. But, it's cool because it is all practical. You can tell it's right. practical. It looks really neat. Yeah. Not real, but neat. Which is fine because it's, I don't want to see something real. No. Like, I don't want to see a dude's face melt for real. No, that's I'll not pass. good. And then they open their eyes and then their bindings are burned off so they there can be free and then we go back to quote unquote Washington DC but they're really in the uh that's where the movie's supposed to end, right? right? With them free. And just on this island in the Aegean. I don't know how the fuck they get out of there, but whatever. Um because I'm pretty sure all of the Nazis mm. are dead, so I guess they're just gonna steal that U boat and go and try not to get blown up when they right. when they float into London in a German boat in nineteen thirty six. Okay. We don't know. Because apparently the movie was supposed to end there. And then you said was it Stephen was it well, Annie Irving? The, the um I don't know if it's supposed to end with the scene of the uh, oh, it was supposed to be in the the conference room, right? Okay, yeah, there's a conference room with I don't know the same two men that recruited. Um, it is the, the same two. Place. I couldn't remember if it was. I knew it was his buddy, and, but I couldn't tell, remember. And Amelia, and they're saying, "Well, what happens now to the Ark?" It's like, "Well, it's being researched." He's like, yep. "Well, it's a source of unspeakable power. We yeah. have to yeah put it and, somewhere safe." And they're like, "It's right. somewhere safe," and they're like, "Where?" And he's like, "Somewhere safe." Right. And, like, and uh. Uh, he's like, uh, was the compensation adequate or whatever? And yeah, and he goes, the money's fine. <laughs> the situation is completely unacceptable. Right. Um, and, but he doesn't get his way. Yes, and then the scene happens, which is shot at City Hall at in San Francisco. I was like, I've been there. Uh, 
Marshall Lucas, I think. Was or Amy Irving, who was um, seeing uh, right. Spielberg was at just the time. Going, what happens to Mary Ravenwood? And they completely forgot to write an ending for her. Of course they did, because the lady doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it was a lady who had to point it out. Of course. And uh, so they had to reshoot those scenes. Of, they were close enough to City Hall yep. to where they could just... And then she looked ridiculous. I'm like, this woman would not wear this outfit unless mm. she was le- literally getting married right now, which I do not think mm-hmm. she is. She's wearing like a satin fucking full like right. pa- like skirt it suit with much... a frilly hat. Right. And I'm just like, this... It was very she much a bar in Nepal. a costume shop oh, at the last minute to shoot this. Put jeans on her. What are you doing? Um, and then they're going to go have a drink and then that's the end. That's the end. Well, that's the end, end of the movie. The art being put into a carton and... Well, that's away. right. Yeah. And then put in a big thing that was probably the library from the librarians yes. show. Probably. There we go. <laughs> that's what it looked like. I'm like, what the fuck? So what did you find? Did you... Was it thrilling? Here's the trouble. Okay. I knew all the beats already because it's nineteen. It's a movie that's been in the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. hard for twenty or forty two years. Um, once I was in the mood to watch a movie with almost no talking, sure, <laughs> it was. It is fun. Um, I also, like I said, I didn't realize how unserious that it was. Yeah. So. Watching it with those things in mind, right? The the music's doing a lot of heavy lifting in this yeah. movie. Like, almost every time you hear that Indiana Jones theme, Indiana Jones is about to fall off of something <laughs> like, or run into something. Like, it's not, he's not yeah. slick, which I actually like, yeah. uh, but I didn't remember that that was a thing. That's the difference between him and the James Bond sure. character that inspired him, which is he's just really, and Harrison Ford settles it really well. This idea of him being physically awkward. Yeah. And he's... Because he has also, and made a conscious decision to play professor first, adventurer second. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The fact that anybody would be like, you're the only one who could do this. I'm like, clearly not. Mm -hmm. And also, why don't you hire Belloc? Because he, well, maybe he can't do the actual work. Right. (laughs) He's a thief. A thief of a thief. A thief of a thief. A triple, double thief. Um, but yeah I mean it's sterling it also comes from it being 2023 and me being very tired of Nazis 1981 makes a lot of sense if you're going to do it in 1936 Nazis are the bad guys that's just what it's going to be so that's just tiring I think it's interesting the way that it was made the way that it was kind of like I don't know here's a scene here's a scene where some stuff needs to happen Figure out what you're going to say to each other. I think that's why there's so little dialogue, too. Right. They're just like, I don't know. Just run, I guess. Like, <laughs> So, I don't know. It's good. It yeah. was enjoyable. I, I, always, I don't think I like it the way that a lot of people right. like it. But also, I'm coming I, to it at 43 it years it old. It fun to watch. And, um, and yeah, it, it, there's an element of nostalgia. So, I can understand why people would be upset. Over, because uh, I think you've seen enough movies now from the seventies where you get what the decade this was coming out of. Yeah, this is after these really intense, violent films that were very pessimistic, and so here you have this guy who just is is not superhuman. He's not. Uh, he's he's in a recognizable setting as opposed to the Star Wars films. Gotcha. He's in 
a time and place that you recognize. Now, yeah. people who are old enough to actually recognize that time and place. And it, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And watching a person who was not an expert at everything, he did right. not know all the tricks. Right. He's constantly, he stumbles through it. There's a great line that I think was also improvised. How are you going to get the chuck? Right? So I yeah. asked him or something, and he goes, uh, I don't know, I'm making it up as I go along. Yeah, which is clearly true. true but yeah. very much true of the entire film. But in that respect, it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it's directed well. Mm-hmm. I think Spielberg's getting into his groove by this point, right? Mm-hmm. I just get frustrated with the Spielberg-Lucas combo, but that's just, that's a personal At thing, the time, I think. It, wasn't, it was a big deal in that you had very successful filmmakers who were putting their heads together. It's like, now it's just... I'm still unsure why Lucas is considered successful. It wasn't him that did anything, really. Mm-hmm. I Well, it was his story. He came up with the idea. This one. Yeah. I mean, generally. Like, Star Wars is clearly lifted. Almost right. entirely, right? So, let's not give him a lot well, of credit You can say the same thing about James Cameron. And I will. Right. <laughs> like, I, I... These... Especially these white... Mm-hmm. Auteurs, they're the, they're also the same fucking hypocrites that are like, um, blockbusters are ruining movies, and I'm like, motherfucker, you invented these. Right. That's some boomer shit. I did it, and now close the door on everybody behind me. Like, I mean, they're boomers, so I guess right. it makes sense. But it's just like, um, sirs, yeah. sirs. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed, enjoyed the it. watch. I had a good time. Um. I think it makes sense putting it on the list for sure. And given its place in culture, I think putting it in the top ten makes a lot of sense. Uh, Especially because we still don't have a definition on thrills. (laughs) Like, like we're 91 in and I'm still like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what is, they mean, what they mean when they say thrills, but. That's all right. We're going to watch something very different than this. So this is an adventure film. And I think this is, let me look at the list. I believe this is the last of the, of of adventure films Mm -hmm. that we're going to see. I think it's like scary, scary, scary. Well, I've never seen the French connection. I don't know if that's an adventure film. It doesn't seem like it. An urban (laughs) action movie. is what They used to call it. I could argue that alien is an adventure film. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could argue that Jaws is an adventure film, but really, I wouldn't. They're not epic, Mm-mm. you know, a lot of fights, this this sort of thing. So yeah, this is the last adventure film on the list, number ten. That and we're taking taking down the very end. But I think yeah, top ten What's makes the next sense. Film? Next week, we're going to talk about a movie that I really don't know belongs on this list, but it is a very good movie, and it is our second uh, bout of. Roman Polanski, uh-huh. and that's Rosemary's Baby. Hmm. So that's what we're going to watch next week. It's a very different vibe. Oh, yeah. It It is, however, another movie where there's not a lot of talking, if I recall it's... correctly. There's a lot of slow dread building. Does that, is there's that talking, accurate? Uh, how can I put it? It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking. Um... And it's a different kind of thrill. For sure. It, it's very different. And it's it, that's why I'm agreeing with you now. This definition of thrill, these two movies could not be more different. Right, exactly. One is as quiet as the other one's loud. Right. 
Yes. And this one is loud. Right. Thanks, Sean Williams. The, <laughs> Stephanie, as we were watching, it was like, this sounds like Star, Star Wars. And I'm like, well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Same dude, same dude, same dude, all the way down. Like the Nazis shoot as bad as the stormtroopers do. Because the stormtroopers are Nazis. (laughs) Same, same, same. The same guys. Maybe Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you rework on a thing? You know, I don't even have to get in that stupid uniform. Yes, I will do that. Oh, it's going to be 130 degrees. I should have thought about that before I came out here. Um, Yeah, so Rosemary's Baby is Mm -hmm. next week. And in the meantime... Now, when is this going to drop? This is going to... This one comes out on the 9th. The 9th of next month, okay. Correct. In the meantime... Mm -hmm. And keep in mind that we are uh, not editing. We are recording this at the end of October. Mm -hmm. It's sort of the mid-end of October. (laughs) It's the 23rd. And so, do you have anything that you would like to recommend? I I defer to you, because I think I know what you're going to recommend. To the audience. Okay, so. It'll probably still be in theaters, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure it will be. So I want you to find the most comfortable theater you can find. It's important. Uh, Use the bathroom before you leave your house. Drink very sparingly and go see Killers of the Flower Moon. (laughs) This is Martin Scorsese's probably last film. I'm going to say that the very end of this makes me feel very much like it is his mm-hmm. last film. It is three hours and 26 minutes long. so And there's really no good place to take a break. You will... You should definitely see it. Whether or not it's enjoyable, that's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. It is a serious movie about serious things. It is told in a very compelling way, and I will say, um, at no point did it, like, it did not feel like three hours and 26 minutes. If you had asked me at the end of that watch how long I spent watching that movie, I would have said two hours and 15, maybe. Definitely long, not excruciating by any stretch of the imagination. There is no intermission, however. Um, And they get that by, uh, my guess is probably the best editing in a feature film for next year uh there's very few scenes if any that are longer than about four minutes long it's very there's a lot happening and it happens at a pace uh it spans a number of years and it deals with the decimation of the osage uh tribe who got oil on their land and it uh, at one point, at the beginning of the movie, were the most wealthy population per capita in the world. And also, they were indigenous, and so many of them didn't even have uh, control over their money. They had, mm. like, uh, conservators. Uh, and they had a lot of white people mad that they didn't have the money, and thus, conspiracy was born. And uh, it is it is being, I will say, and I saw this said by one of the filmmakers prior to seeing it. I didn't want to, I didn't listen to a lot of the interview because I didn't want to be spoiled for mm-hmm. it. But I will say this. If you see the ads, it looks like it's a love story. At no point in this movie is it a love story. 
there is a relationship, but it does not follow the beats of a love story in any way. Right. So be aware of, like, if you're like, oh, I'm going to see Martin Scorsese's new movie because of the romance, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You'll be sad. But it is an important movie. It is a beautiful movie. It is an extraordinarily well-acted and well-written and well-edited movie. It is a heavy movie. Be in a good mood going in because it's a lot, especially when you know it's real. <laughs> it yes. really fucking happened. Right. People are really this fucking terrible. Uh, but it is it is a spectacular film. Maybe Best Picture? I don't know. I saw Oppenheimer. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be I interesting. Seen Oppenheimer that, yet. I, I, that Best uh, yeah. Supporting <clears throat> Actor race between De Niro and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be tight. And I feel like I don't, I think Downey Jr. deserves it. We should talk about the Oscars when we get to it, because I'm going to see all these movies, it turns out. De Niro, but I think De Niro might get it because of his age. Mm. I think they might be like, he was just in a three and a half half hour movie, and he's like, in his 70s, they may give it to him. Like, I don't, Robert Downey Jr.'s got years to live. (laughs) Not to say that De Niro doesn't, but fewer probably um yeah so what did did you what do you have do you have a different thing or do you have things to add on that actually no you said everything okay well cool you did (laughs) i talked too much no no (laughs) i i i'm still struck by it so yeah it's It's a it's a lot we saw two days ago and i'm yes still digesting it uh I want to watch it again, not in the theater, in our mm. home, when I can stop it yeah. whenever I want. But also, like, do I want to watch it again? Uh, we'll we'll see mm. how how it goes. But I think everyone should watch it once. Um, and if you can see it in the theater, on a big screen, it's very... Uh, it's captivating, and mm. it is sort of engrossing, in a way, in the, in the, on the big screen, that it, you're not going to get on a in a home theater, although our TVs are getting bigger and bigger. Right. So, mm, But that also means that you can stop it when you want to. And first watch, I would recommend seeing as much of it with unadulterated once straight through as possible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really, mm. really good. Everybody is really good in it. The writing is really good. Like, I, I have not seen that many Martin Scorsese films. Like, if I look at his list, I've probably only seen, like, four or five of them. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was a talented filmmaker, but this is very much, this is a magnum opus. Like right. that's what this is. You don't make a three and a half hour film based on a true story that isn't of your people at his age without it really being, this is the culmination mm-hmm. of my yeah. career. And I find it very interesting that his, he'd been wanting to make this for a long time, and the fact that his final film isn't based around Italians, which mm. is what so much of his work is based around, yeah. um, I think is fascinating, actually. So, yep. Cool, it's a flower moon. It's gonna definitely be up for a shit ton of Oscars, so check it out. Uh, okay, that's it. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, Questions, comments, and concerns, you guys, you can uh, email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Those are your options. <laughs> and uh, yes. next no week, Rosemary's Baby. 
Um, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Roman Polanski. We've done that already, and mm-hmm. I don't think anything has changed in nope. the couple of months since last we spoke of him. So we're going to keep that right to the line, this movie was directed by Roman Polanski, and move on from that. So we'll be talking about that next week. In the meantime, I'd like to remind you to please, please, please take, take your medicine. Take your medicines. And we would like to remind you... Better late than never.